Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the universe, the great mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Sharon Reagan. She's an entrepreneur, artist, business leader, and visionary who literally throws herself into her work emotionally, physically, and spiritually. She's an award-winning artist and has commissioned work at several corporate offices, including Coca-Cola and private collections. As an abstract expressionist, Sharon paints intuitively using vibrant acrylic colors and contemporary techniques. She also leads inspirational creative development programs for businesses, organizations, and individuals on how to tap into their inner creative expression and passions with painting. As a New Thought creative leader, Sharon has been recognized for blending ancient wisdom and creativity programs with contemporary business. Her business, Blue Frog Creative Network, focuses on branding, marketing, and creative expression, providing programs for business owners, entrepreneurs, and artists. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. It's so great to have you with us here in the studio today. So I'm curious how you got interested in um, the work of intuitive expressionistic art. Well, it's interesting. Um, I think a lot of artists could probably relate in that uh, as you enter into a creative career, sometimes you kind of evolve. And I didn't start out that way. I actually started out studying fine art, mostly landscapes and painting uh, and watercolor. And over the years, as I moved more into a commercial art career uh, in the advertising industry, I actually stopped painting And um, 20 years later, when I decided to pick it back up, Uh I realized that I was kind of bored with landscapes and realistic paintings. So I took a class on abstract painting, and it was like, voila, that was the thing for me. And um, at first, I struggled with it because, again, I was trying to make it look like something. Uh And then one day, I was just, I I was sort of frustrated and, and really just challenged, and I thought, I'm just going to throw paint on the painting and just start doing things with it. And I did that, and all of a sudden, um, it was like a different feeling. And I started painting, and then about two hours later, I looked up, and time had gone by so quickly, I realized I'd gotten totally lost. And something was guiding me. I wasn't sure what, but I was just sort of following that paintbrush. And the next thing I knew, I could see images in there, and I could turn the painting different ways. And that kind of led me on a whole new journey. So do you have a particular size of painting that you that you prefer to work on? I do. I work very large. Uh, my favorite size painting is like a 5 foot by 5 foot or 5 by 6. Um, and I actually in the past had painted on the side of buildings. I used to do murals on buildings a long time ago because I got into doing large art. And um, so my favorite size is about a 5 by 4, but I, I do paintings that are smaller and uh, But I find myself lining them all up and kind of painting across all of them at once. <laughs> and then I break them up into smaller paintings. And, and they look pretty good, but it's uh, I'm working hard to get down to a little smaller size. Most people can't put a five by six in their house. Right. That's a, unless they have a big, giant house. Right. So when, you're, when you work on smaller sizes like that and line them up, do you paint them with the intention that they'll be 
group together or do you just paint them that way and then they get divided up and go to different people's homes? It kind of depends. Um, like some of the ones that I've painted where they've been smaller paintings, like say a 12 inch by 12 inch, and, um, and I put them all together and paint them, they look great as a group. You can kind of put them all up on the wall and separate them. Or they look great as an individual piece. So people could buy three. Uh-huh. If they saw 12 in a while, they could buy three of those or buy four. Or they could just buy one. So I priced them individually. So, But each one has its own unique look and its own unique style. So it doesn't look like it's all alone by itself if it gets displayed by itself somewhere. Right. It's it's uh, it's a, what I call a standalone piece that has a lot of uh, energy and images in it. Excellent. So uh, how do you um how does your spirituality find expression in your art? Well, it's interesting because when I first started painting, I um you know, you, I think a lot of people start to paint, especially painters, sometimes with a purpose. They're they're like I'm going to create a house or I'm going to create a landscape and I want it to look exactly like this. Um I realized that I wanted to interpret that or take it beyond what sometimes I was looking at it or that there was something kind of pushing me or driving me to explore a little further. And um, so a lot of times I take my art outside in my backyard and because I, I like to paint out in, just in nature. Uh-huh. But I wasn't painting trees. You know, I was splattering and splashing and doing all these things. And one day I realized that I had been painting, and I think I'd painted most of the day, uh, literally. I mean, day just flies by when I paint. And when I was done, I realized I'd been totally lost in in those moments, that there was nothing around me. I didn't hear anything around me. I wasn't paying attention to anything. And I felt this really wonderful connection, what I call like this connection to my source. And it's it's that feeling I think that maybe a lot of people experience is that you feel in that moment that you're connected to something greater than you, but you're not quite sure what sometimes, but you know that it's this inner feeling of peace and serenity and connection to this power. And um, I really liked that feeling. So mm-hmm. I said, wow, I want to keep doing this. And so I sort of set this intention. I guess a lot of people might say sort of a prayer or a meditation. I kind of I set an intention with every piece that I do. I start out first with a moment of silence and a moment of connecting and saying, connect me to whatever I'm going to create. And may it be created in the highest good of anyone who sees it or anyone that experiences anything from it. Or, or it may, they may draw something from it, but my hope is that it somehow connects them or helps them or inspires them. And so are you able to complete a painting in one session, one painting session, or does it typically take you a few sessions to, to finish a painting? Well, it depends. I would say most paintings, I'm going to work on them. Uh, I'd say maybe 90% is done when I first start it. I'm one of those painters, once I start, I don't like to stop. Uh-huh. Um, but I would say that 90% of my paintings are done um, within a day or two. Like if I start a painting and I'm working on it, then I want to go back to it on the next day. I don't want to wait a week uh-huh. to go back to it. So I would say like if someone came to me and wanted me to do something, a piece of artwork for them, I usually work on that until it's done. So, um, but most paintings that I work on, I would say, unless it's a very, very complex layered painting, usually take me anywhere between, say, three to five days to finish. 
So I know you do other types of creative work as well. Do you, are you able to paint every day or how often are you able to, to work time into your schedule to actually paint? I wish I could paint every day. <laughs> um, I, what I do is I schedule time during the week, actually during the weekdays, Monday through Friday, I schedule time to paint. I actually block that out of my calendar. And then it just depends on the weekends. There are some times when I just take a whole weekend and all I do is paint. A lot of times I start painting late at night, maybe 9 or 10 o'clock. And then the next thing I know, the sun's coming up. Wow. So I do that a lot. And, uh, of course, my husband is usually getting up the next morning going, have you been up all night? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I was. But, um, but I mean, it's, you know, I'm not a full-time painter. I call myself a professional artist. And, um, but from a standpoint, is that the only thing I work on all the time? No, I have other things I do as well. So tell our listeners some of the other creative types of work that you do. Okay. Um, Well, and I'll also say that the interesting thing is that now my background's in marketing, so I spent most of my career in in professional marketing, branding, and and, um, other creative endeavors. But over the years, when I decided to leave the corporate world, I kept asking myself, how can I combine marketing, branding, creativity, how can I put all these together in a way that would really support small business owners or or independent individuals and so forth? And it took me a long time to figure it out, but the expressive painting became a key to helping me recognize that in branding, especially in small business, that it's about your your inner self, your inner creativity, and when even when you're developing your brand. And then when you get into marketing your business, again, some people say, well, I'm not creative. I'm a business owner, but I'm not creative. And I say, yes, you are. Everyone's creative. So what I was able to do was to take my form of expressive painting and turn it into a what I call a paint journey or a way of painting that people could could participate in a program and do it and led by me I lead them on intuitive painting because you you don't have to have any art experience and that actually opens their creativity so it helps a lot of people get more connected to themselves or it helps them all of a sudden uh, open up a creative part of themselves they didn't even know they had Um, and they go back to their business and they're like wow I'm more creative I have more ideas I'm thinking about more things so I realized that this was a very important step in creative development for people, not only just individuals, but for people in business as well. So with the the classes and workshops you do, are they typically a day or a couple of days, or is it over a series of weeks that people would do the intuitive painting? The uh, I've done it two different ways. I've had um, like classes that are three days or five days long, and the, the most popular is a three-day weekend. start on a Friday, and you paint Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And... Um, you do other things as well, but the bulk of the program is based on um, expressive painting. Uh-huh. And then um, there are uh, – I experimented this past year with doing a uh, one class a week over a period of six weeks. And I'd never done that before because part of the expressive painting is about painting in multiple sessions and, and keeping that um, momentum going. Keeping I'm the sure. momentum going. And then also when we do expressive painting, we'll have a paint session and then we have a feedback 
we all get together and sit down and talk about what were you feeling, uh, what was coming to your mind. In fact, expressive painting really brings up what I call the critical mind. And we all have that little voice in our head that says when we start to paint, like, oh, will mine be as good as the person next to me? But it's not about art. But yet that voice starts speaking. That voice starts saying, oh, uh, you need to make this look like something, or, oh, you you need to look like an artist. And people really get bogged down in that critical mind. So that's why this expressive painting became so so important to um, in helping people maybe overcome hurdles or get past that critical voice, because art is something that people think they can't do but yet everybody can do, but it's not really a form of art. It's what I call process painting. And process means you're just going through the process of painting. It doesn't matter what you paint because the color, the vibrancy of the color, the movement of the paintbrush on the paper uh, actually inspires you, whether you know it or not. You don't have to create anything to be inspired by painting. Well, it sounds like you've, I mean, you've done so many things and you're continuing to do so many things. It sounds like you always have lots of ideas. So how do your ideas come to you and how do you decide which ideas you're going to move forward with? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found that especially as I move more back into what I call uh, this form of painting, um, ideas come to me like lightning bolts. I mean, literally. I, in fact, for a while there, when I was painting a lot, I had so many ideas, they came so fast, I just couldn't keep track of them. So I developed a system. In fact, it's a system that I um, uh, help other business owners and other creative people work with. But what the system is is that once you open yourself up creatively, you literally open your mind to new information to come in. It's kind of like cleaning out your closet. You know, you clean your closet out, doesn't have a lot of clothes in it, and all of a sudden you're starting to fill it up with more clothes. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with your creative mind. If you start participating in creative programs when you think you're not creative, you open a little section of your brain that's kind of maybe empty. And then what happens is all these ideas will start flowing in. So what I tell people is that when you get an idea, it may just be a thought of something like, oh, maybe I could write a book and the title could be this. Mm -hmm. Well, write it down immediately on a piece of paper. And I tell everyone, everybody has a shoebox or a plastic container. Throw it in the plastic container. But write it down the moment that you hear it. Because a day later, you won't remember that. And then you'll go back and say, what was the title of that book maybe I was thinking of I might write someday? But what I found is that this is another creative step. You put all these pieces of paper in this box once a month, sit down, dump them all out, and start laying them all out. You'll be surprised how they start to work together. They'll start to actually give you what I call messages. Or you can even look at these things and say, hey, wow, I'd forgotten about writing that book, and I've been thinking about writing a book, and now you said, that's a great title. I'd forgotten I remembered that. Because, like I said, once you open your mind creatively, the universe brings you more ideas, brings you more information. So it's really important. I mean, everybody has a shoebox or some sort of box, and everybody has a piece of paper and pencil. So I encourage everyone, no matter how crazy it sounds or thinks, Write it down because that's, that's also a form of brainstorming. And um, if you don't capture it in that moment, your brain will go on to something else. And so do you recommend that, 
that once they dump it out for the month to look through it, that they put everything back into the box that they don't do something with and continue to build with those same pieces, or do they start with a brand new box each month? Well, I might be a little over the top on this, but what I do is I take the ideas that I'm going to use, then I say, oh, wow, this is a great idea, and and gee, I didn't know that this idea over here last Thursday and the one on Sunday actually connect together. I pull all those out, and I put those on my to-do list or my action list, and I take all the other pieces that I haven't worked with yet, I dump them into what I call the big pile, the big brain box. And when I get stumped sometimes with something, I go to the big brain box because those are past ideas. And sometimes something will jump out at me. So I'm only working with the current month's pieces for the time But you have your big brain box with the things that you haven't used so far. Yeah, I do. I love that. I'm going to start getting myself out a couple of shoe boxes and and do that because I always have little pieces of paper everywhere that I... I'm not always keeping track of. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to say, too, that I think is really important, because I worked in a creative industry most of my life in marketing and different things, um, I didn't notice it at first when, when I was much younger. When I would say I worked for an advertising agency or I worked here or there, people would go, oh, I'm not creative. And I would go, really? And they'd say, yeah, I can't draw a straight line. Well, over the years, and it's been many years now because I've been in business for a long time, I would have to say that thousands of people have made that comment to me. So one of my, an idea came to me one day and I went, why do people say that? Why do they think that? And so I decided right then and there that it was my personal journey to start helping people recognize that you really are creative. And number one, I don't want you to draw a straight line. Because in creativity, it's not about drawing a straight line. So, um, you know, part of that is giving people ideas on how to get over that, what I call it's an illusion or a belief that you're not creative. You are born creative. It's, it's a God-given right. That's my belief. We're born with creativity. We were given that creativity, and we were, were given opportunities to use it. And, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Absolutely. I totally believe that, too. So, Sharon, I know that, you, um, that your company is called Blue Frog, and you had a gallery for a while that was Blue Frog. Can you tell me the story of, of the Blue Frog? Why, why Blue Frog? <laughs> I know people ask me that all the time. Well, first of all, I have to say from a commercial perspective in, in the advertising industry and in logo development and name development, blue is a very powerful word. And um, I, when I was young, and, and this was very young, I'm going to date myself here, I had a, a printed set of, of the encyclopedias, the Britannica encyclopedias. Uh-huh. And I remember that my parents had bought this set for me, and I used to love just flipping through those books. And one day, now I grew up in Tennessee in a little tiny town on a river, so I guess you'd have to say I kind of grew up sort of naively. I wasn't exposed to a lot as a child. And um, I flipped this page, and there was this beautiful cobalt blue frog and it was like the blue tree frog of this um i think it was like a rainforest Uh and i was like oh my gosh i've never seen a blue frog ever in my life they they really exist and so as a child i always found myself attracted to frogs in fact one time i think i learned about evolution i there was a little pond near our house and there are all these little tadpoles, and I'd collected them one day and put them in a jar, and then they all turned into frogs. And I was like, oh, my it's gosh. Magic. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> so anyway, when I was coming up with names for the business, 
I somehow stumbled across the blue frog picture again. And then I thought, I'm going to look that up. I want to know about frogs. And so I looked it up. And, of course, frog actually in the Asian um, world is good fortune and prosperity. And so I thought, wow, what a great name for a business. So I came up with blue. At the, in the beginning, it was Blue Frog Gallery because I actually had a small gallery. And um, I represented some artists. And I also taught art. But the art became much more important than repping the artist, so I moved more in that direction. And when I moved the gallery, I then changed the name uh, because I expanded what I offered to Blue Frog Creative Network. Oh, I love that. So I tell everyone that when um, when you think of the Blue Frog, you have to think of fortune and prosperity for your own business. That's What a great story. I love that story. So, Sharon, how has your art affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? Uh, well, I think they both affected each other. Um, I know that, like I said, sometimes when I paint, you painting is a great way to kind of get to know yourself because imagine yourself standing in front of a blank canvas. It's all white, and you want to create something, um, whether you're creating something from an artistic perspective or you just want to mess around and you don't know where you're going to end up. But it's always that first moment of where is this going to take me? And um, sometimes it's very powerful to just think it's me in the canvas, me in the canvas, or me in the paper. And today something new is going to come up or something's going to come about or I'm going to have a new feeling. I know sometimes when, in fact, when I work with people when they're painting in the uh, paint journey workshops, um, I can watch them, and I can see their emotions. I can see what's going on with them by what colors they pick, by how they move their brush, by what they're feeling. And I can walk over and say, um, gee, you're using a lot of red. What are you feeling right now? And they're like, I'm really angry. And, and it's, it's sort of natural that they're, they don't even know what they're doing, but they're able to put their feelings into the paint. So this is what was happening to me as I developed my artistic career and my teaching career, is that painting started giving me feelings. And those feelings began to help me transform who I am and, and actually start thinking about who am I, where do I want to go, what do I want to be, am I happy with my life, um, do I just want to go to Hawaii and paint all day you know, and do nothing more, or do I feel like I have a greater purpose with this painting? And so I have to say that my expansion and transformation going from just being a landscape painter to moving into expression, um, expressing myself and learning more about myself, I got very clear that I wanted to share that with others. And so I think spiritually it gave me a purpose. It gave me a direction. It gave me something that I thought was really important for a lot of people. And, and I did go and take some other programs from other artists who taught expressive painting and, and also some art therapy classes as well. And I realized that art therapy is extremely powerful. And it can take you to places you never dreamed in your mind and in your heart and your soul. But it also has a healing effect. Well, and I have found that myself as well, that I think that, that um, I took some art therapy classes and I thought... Oh, this is this is so cool. How did I not know about this before? <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, art therapy hasn't been around that long. And uh, there's a couple of people here in Atlanta who are some of the first, uh, what they call certified or have degrees uh -huh. in art therapy that uh, when that degree was uh, originally 
uh, developed. But art, I mean, you don't really, just picking up, if you can hold a paintbrush and you have a piece of paper and you have color, you can just make yourself feel better. You can actually be at peace just by sitting there painting on a piece of paper. Well, and you and I are in a um, a Facebook group together that is very supportive and a lot of different feedback, not totally from a creative standpoint, but just from a general standpoint. But um, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about the importance of community for your creative process and for artists in general and for people from a creative standpoint in business as well. Oh, it's very important. In fact, uh, you're right. I think it's great to have a group of supporters. And in fact, this very morning, I was just having a conversation with another artist, and we were talking about getting together once a month for lunch, five or six of us, just to brainstorm and just to talk about our frustrations or to talk about um, some of the artists are uh, what I call more traditional painters. But again, um, it it doesn't really matter what you paint. Um, but it's about supporting each other because even though you're in a creative industry and we may look like we're confident when we're painting and, yeah. and doing things, but there's always that doubt. There's always that, that little voice that says, oh, am I doing a good job? Is this, am, you know, am I doing this right? And feedback is important. But I do think that um, there's a lot of art organizations in Atlanta that people join and artists are always seeking that support because when you're around other artists, it inspires you. And I think, you know, beyond being an artist, it's whether you're um, whether you're a healer or whether you're a, a, a caricature artist or whether you're a dancer or singer or performer um, or even an, um, a, a, what is, a programmer like on the right. Internet or something. And that's still creative because you're building and creative things. Um, it's important to to find those contacts. And, um, and if you can't find them, I say start your own group. Oh, that's a great idea. And I do think that um, any kind of creative work you're doing, if you're truly, cre- if you're truly using your creative edge, you're, you're really putting your heart out there for people to see. And so, I, you know, from my standpoint, it's always important to have that support to kind of have that little bit of protection around that because it's, it's out there for anybody to make comments on or to like or not like, which can be a hard thing for a lot of creative people. It is. And I know that there's a lot of people sometimes that uh, participate in what we call juried shows or uh, submit to juried shows. And maybe their art doesn't get chosen for that show. And they think, oh, that wasn't a good piece of art. Well, that's not true because I've seen people take that same piece of art and go submit it to another juried show with another judge. And it wins first place. It's just very subjective. It's very subjective. And in fact, one of the things I did learn in a lot of juried shows is that a lot of the selections aren't always based on technical execution. It's based on what the judge likes or what they're attracted to or and so forth. So I tell people, don't ever be discouraged by that. The other thing that's important in the creative world is to get involved in other creative areas that you yourself may not even really participate in or be interested in, but by having a different perspective creatively, it actually can open you up as well. Um, you know, I force myself to learn things sometimes creatively that I may not particularly be drawn to, 
But uh, like I have a small class that I teach at a, a retirement home, and I have five, I have six students. And in fact, my oldest student is 98 years old. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and she's lovely. She paints every week. And uh, it was just a painting class. And then all of a sudden, one day they said, we'd like to learn some new things. So next week we're doing paper mache. So instead of painting. So it's really good because it when you move into other areas of creativity, and of course, Painting is a little different from paper mache because you're working more with your hands. Uh-huh. So it's always a good idea to participate in creative things that you think you might not even want to be interested in. Well, I think that's great advice. Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out more about the work that you're doing and the painting that you're doing. Well, right now we're putting together a new schedule for what we call Paint Journey Classes and uh, some weekend retreats. And um, you can go on um, www.thepaint.com journey.com and uh, you can see our schedule and get information about our program and uh, if you have any questions you there's a um, an email address there that you can email me and I'll be happy to answer any questions so the paint journey.com yes and then I know you also have a website that's just your name can you spell your name for our listeners I do it's a uh, Sharon and it's s-h-a-r-r-o-n two r's and Sharon and then Reagan which is also spelled differently r-a-g-a-n so it's SharonReagan.com. Excellent. Do you have any last thoughts for our listeners before we go about how they might tap into their own creativity and, and use it as an expression of their spirituality? Absolutely. I think that it's really important, first of all, to push yourself a little bit, stretch, and to don't buy into that I'm not creative. So if your mom or dad or your teacher told you at some point, oh, you know, you're not very talented or you're, you, you won't grow up to be an artist, uh, don't listen to that. <laughs> and uh, and what I would say is go find some kind of a class somewhere that you'd like to participate in. In Atlanta, there's some great programs. Chastain um, has the Chastain Art Center, has a lot of different classes of all kinds that you could sign up for. There's community centers around the area. But uh, go find something. It could be knitting. It could be uh, pottery. It could be sculpture. It could be painting drawing. There's so many things out there. So I would say go take that class you've been wanting to take and and go find out how creative you really are. You don't have to be an artist or a great artist to take a class. And it really does spur your creativity in lots of different ways. Plus, you'll meet a lot of great new friends. Absolutely. And they can come to your website. So say your website one more time. Yes, it's uh, www.thepaintjourney.com. Great. Sharon, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artisworship.net. Please come share your stories of artist worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash artisworship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Namaste.